Welcome to The Gradebook, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek. Choosing a school superintendent can prove a complicated endeavor. School board members are picking a chief executive to run what often is a community's largest employer, overseeing contracts and budgets and projects, in addition to having final authority over the education that our children receive. Imagine picking someone to do all that in one of the nation's largest school systems, with more than 200 schools and 200,000 students. That's what's going on in Hillsborough County, Florida, where the district hasn't picked a chief executive from the outside since the 1960s. Yet the board has a very short time frame in mind to get their work done. It has received 51 applications of varying quality and plans to whittle down that list by the end of winter break, with an eye toward naming a new leader by the end of January. What could go wrong? For today's podcast, our Hillsborough County Schools reporter Marlene Sokol offers a rundown of the search, the candidates, and the possibilities for the next superintendent of the nation's seventh largest school district. Let's take a listen. Okay, Marlene, so it's superintendent search time, and we have 51 candidates. And first, before we say anything, I have to say that we got the list with just names, and I screwed one up pretty bad in our first round. I want to apologize to Jim Drake, who's not on the list, who we identified as being on the list. Um, it's a different guy, and that happens sometimes, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, and, and thank you for being so upfront with that and apologizing to him publicly. I think you and I would agree that this is not the type of thing that, that we do as a rule, and, and we try very hard not to do anything like that. Um just by way of explanation uh, for people who are listening, the very first day, all we were given was the list of names. And the understanding was that we would not get bios of any of those 51 people. All of that information would remain in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And then when they narrowed it down to the next 12, then we would start getting information. Um, However, almost immediately, people were calling us. There was great interest in who are these people, who are they. So we did two things. We reported what we knew or, you know, what we were fairly certain that we knew. And we also put in a public records request right away and said, okay, give us at least the resumes for all 51. And it took a few days until we were able to get those resumes. So that's a long-winded explanation, but yes, Dr. Drake, we do apologize. Yes, and, and I just want to point out that it seemed to make sense to me that Jim Drake, who had been a long-time schools person in Florida, Manatee County, Monroe County, been around the block, made a great deal of sense to be applying for Hillsborough County Schools. And we should have called him to find out that he's retiring and not interested in doing anything like that. I got an email from him last night and it said basically, yeah, you screwed up and it's not me. And so, yeah, we screwed up. It's not him. And it's a guy from Illinois. Sorry about that. So let's move okay. on. Let's move on. Yeah, There's a big list on. out there. Absolutely. So, um, so where should we begin? And I, and I've, I've been talking to people about who should be on the short list, who should not be on the short list. Um, you know, there's a lot of interest in this. And, well, I'll start since I'm already talking. Um, you know, we, I, I think the idea that everybody in Hillsborough County would sit back and wait for Ray and Associates to narrow the list down from 51 to 12, I think we all know now that that was unrealistic. And And what I found out immediately was that there are people in town, school board members, um, community leaders, activists, 
who are already recruiting and vetting. And, and so this is pretty far along, regardless of what Ray and Associates is doing, which is encouraging. You know, this is an important decision and there is a lot of interest in it. Well, let's go over a couple of things. And we have the idea that we haven't had a superintendent chosen from outside Hillsborough County since before I was born in the 1960s. Right. Is that likely to continue? Are we going to still have a local person? Because I looked at the list and there weren't very many local people. The one person who a lot of people kind of talked about, Trisha McManus, in the Broad program now to become a superintendent, took her name out of the hat. She moved to North Carolina. You got a couple of people out there. Are they good? Are they going to be any of them rising to the top? You know, there's a few names I keep hearing, um, one being, of course, um, Addison Davis from Clay County. Um, in fact, thank you for sending me that link to, to the Jacksonville television story that also linked to a statement he put out. The most encouraging thing I read in that statement was that Ray and Associates recruited him. Um, well, actually, it was either Ray and Associates or a board member, but he did mention that Ray and Associates was involved in the search and that through that search, he was recruited. That's important because for $45,000, you kind of wonder, is Ray and Associates being active or passive? And, and if, it, if they recruited him, then it means that they're being active. But he is, to my knowledge, the only Florida superintendent who has applied uh, there are other people from Florida, but they're not superintendents. Um, I, I believe this board and community, they want somebody who has been a superintendent. So that person does not have to be from Florida. And from everything I'm hearing, they don't want an insider. You know, they do not want somebody who came up through the system. They want somebody from outside the district but with experience as a superintendent. Well, let me ask you this then, Marlene, because Harrison Peters is in the district, but he did not come up through the district. Alberto Vasquez Matos, he worked for the district, but he did not come up through the district. Would they be considered insiders or outsiders? Maybe. And I don't know how much it matters to be nice or, or to not hurt someone's feelings. I, I don't know the thinking. It seems like logically, you should at least consider Chris Farkas and Harrison Peters. You should at least put them on the short list. Alberto Vasquez, maybe, maybe not, because although he has experience as a superintendent, it was for the diocese schools, which is much different from public schools. And he also burned some bridges before he left for Hartford, Connecticut. Honestly, I, I, I think that I, I don't I, I don't think it's really his fault. I Just to go a little bit of history, he was put in the position during the budget crisis of being the person who fixed spending and slashed spending. So, so by definition, he was given a job where you can't win. Nobody's going to like you for taking their money away. But I'm not sure if he would rise to the top, uh, quite honestly. Because, you know, he, he's associated with Jeff Akins and with Jeff Akins' cabinet. Now, Harrison Peters, you make a good point. Harrison Peters, most of his career has been outside of Hillsboro. He's worked in places like Chicago and North Carolina, I believe. But, again, he's burned some bridges as well. There are teachers who believe that he is not sympathetic to the union which can either be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how you look at it. But he would have to mend fences with the teachers union. 
and during a time of a teacher shortage, I'm not sure if that's the way you want to go. I, I, I happen to think there are a lot of good qualities about Harrison Peters. I think he is very, very deeply committed to equity, which is a huge issue, probably one of the top two issues in this district. So I don't know if he'll make the cut or not. Well, I noticed you said they want a superintendent. And so I was looking at that list from that perspective. There was a superintendent from Salt Lake City, Utah. Who, yes, she's strong. She's a strong candidate. Yes. There I'm was, sorry, I interrupted No, you. that's okay. I, I, I noticed that there were people who were like nearly superintendents, like the chief of, what was it, academics for Dallas Independent School District in Texas? Stephanie Alisalde, yeah. And, and I was going to mention her also because she is Hispanic. And one of the things I noticed, um, I'm looking at, at, at her job I had it written down and, and then I lost it, but I believe she is the chief of schools in Dallas. But um, there are not many Spanish names on the list, which is a little bit troubling. Hillsborough County, the largest demographic group is Hispanic, people who self-identify as Hispanic. That's about 36%, and it's a point or two higher than people who self-identify as white or Caucasian. Um, and there's really only a handful of names, including Dr. Vasquez, who, who are Hispanic. But, but, and not just to, you know, commit tokenism and consider her because of that. But, but she is also, she has a strong track record in terms of equity. Um, and, and she has spent her career in Texas and, you know, really has experience in that area. So, I would hope that at least one person with that background and that skill set would be among the final 12. I just wonder, though, if they're looking outside the state as these other people come forward from excellent school districts and from big ones, too, which is important because there are a lot of people who applied from rinky-dink small school districts. And I don't mean that pejoratively, but I covered school districts in Illinois, for instance, where a lot of people seem to be coming from. They're like small. They cover small communities. There are a couple thousand students, maybe four or ten schools. And it's not really the same thing as coming to a school district of 200,000 students and 200 schools. But how much of that from outside the state will matter when they don't necessarily understand Florida law and Florida politics, which seems to play a huge role in education in the state. Yeah, and there's a learning curve. And I think everybody's acknowledged that somebody coming from outside the state of Florida, you know, they could spend their first year learning about Florida. And since superintendents often don't last more than two or three years, yeah, that that's an inefficiency right there. But we really did not get much interest from inside Florida. Again, by my count, um, Mr. Davis is the only Florida superintendent who applied. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's a trade-off. Um, I think we should also think about, well, another, other names that I've been hearing uh, that I don't want to forget. Um, okay, so I don't know if we talked about Alexa Cunningham from Salt Lake City. Only briefly. And so I'm hearing her name, James McIntyre, who used to be the superintendent in Knox, Tennessee. People seem to like him. And then uh, another person, the, the board had asked for a non-traditional candidate, and I think I wrote about this in my story today, Lawrence Martin, who is a retired Air Force officer from MacDill, and he was a wing commander in MacDill. So, you know, the MacDill constituency 
you know, they they have a lot of influence, and and I'm I'm hearing his name being mentioned. So, if they want to check all the boxes in this list of ten, if they want to have at least one non-traditional candidate, if they want at least one Florida superintendent, if they want somebody, you know, with with, with familiarity with Hispanic culture, then the list starts to come together a little bit, and and obviously. They do not want somebody with a history of, you know, fighting with their school board or suing their school district. You know, there are some people who we can probably just say, probably not. I, I still have to say I'm intrigued by a couple of the very local people, the principal of Claremel Elementary School, just because that person comes from a totally different perspective. And a lot of times superintendents rise from the principal ranks. How likely is it that they might look at somebody like that? I have no idea. I've ne- I've never met Gloria uh, Gloria Waite. I've heard about her. You know, I've written stories where she was involved in the story. I don't know. She is finishing up her doctoral degree. I mean, personally, I like somebody with a doctoral degree. Although I have to say, when I read through the stack of resumes, there are some people with doctoral degrees who, you know, they 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 also have things working against them. But Honestly, I don't know if they will consider her because, yeah, she has been a principal, I believe, always in elementary schools. And she's she's been the principal of some of the best elementary schools in Hillsborough County and some that have faced challenges. She's been a principal coach. I They may be looking for somebody who has experience as an administrator. I mean, this is really a CEO job. You are the CEO of a $3 billion operation with a workforce of 25,000 people. There is, so I I don't know if they would take a very good elementary school principal and say, okay, you're the superintendent. Maybe, I I don't know. She may be the best for the job, but it's hard to say. Well, that comes down then somehow to the whole idea that they're doing this major whittling during winter break, where... You know, a lot of people are on vacation, a lot of people aren't paying attention, and supposedly there's a list supposed to come out right as everybody returns back to work. How are they supposed to know whether they're getting the right person when everybody's supposedly enjoying holidays? Yeah, that's a good question, because part of what they're doing is verifying what's on the resume, doing background checks, and you and I as reporters, we both know how hard it is to get people on the phone during December. You know, everybody's doing their online shopping and going to their office parties. So I don't know. I I have, I think I placed one phone call to Ray and Associates and did not hear back. But quite honestly, I've been trying to stay out of their hair because they are up against a very tight deadline right now. And yes, January 7th is when the list comes back to the school board. However, I think you can almost bet money that that list of 10 to 12 individuals will not satisfy the school board. Somebody will raise their hand and say, well, you should have included, you know, this one or you should have included that one. So they're going to do the best they can, but it it is a very tight deadline. I know that when I covered the Hillsborough County last real superintendent search that yielded Mary Ellen Elia, that similar process took place where the school board basically wanted to run the show, even though they had a search firm. And so, you know, the list was sort of like a 
fluid squishy list. It's like, here's your list of finalists, except if you want more finalists. But how much have they said that they're not going to accept anybody who's not on the list because they set a deadline and you should have applied? Well, and that's what they said. I And I asked Jim Porter this, the attorney, several times, and I, I've asked him more times than I can count. According to Mr. Porter, who is their attorney, if somebody is not included in the 51, they cannot be added unless, and this is very possible, you know, let's say they really want to go after Mike Greco in, in, in Pinellas, or they really want to go after Kurt Browning in Pasco, and, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod, they know that this person would have the votes. They can come back in January, make a motion to end the search, and, and really, if they do that, they are walking away from Ray and Associates, and it's over, and then they can go after the person who they really want. So that is possible, but as long as they are in this process with Ray and Associates and the fa favorite flavor of ice cream and all the other things that are going on, the timetable that's been laid out, they cannot add somebody outside the 51. So it's possible then, and you, you, you suggested that maybe it's probable that you have school board members and other people in the community out beating the bushes and talking to people and saying like, hey, would you maybe want this job? Because we could always throw this list away if you're really, really interested. I don't think that's probable. I know it's possible. I think I think what's here here and this is just my gut feeling. First of all, I've heard Addison Davis's name so many times. I had a school board member call me on Friday. The ink was not even dry on the list. This person called me unsolicited out of nowhere and said, "Well, I like Addison Davis." Um so I think what's, first of all, I think we can almost guarantee that Addison Davis will be on the list of 10 to 12 names. I think what's also probable is that within the 51, there will be somebody who a school board member really, really liked and was not included. And this is a school board that's trying very hard to get along. You know, their, their, their biggest handicap, their biggest obstacle is that the world thinks that they hate each other. You know, this is the school board who steals each other's Facebook content. I mean, that that's, you know, and that and that didn't happen five years ago. That happened about a year and a half ago. So they're trying very hard to get along. So if hypothetically Tammy Schamberger raises her hand on January 7th and says, well, I think we should include Steve, Kenneth Hurst, you know, and I think the rest of them will say, okay because they're trying to get along so within that universe of 51 i'm guessing at least one or two names will be added that's probable now could they again rip up the search and and go after mike grego that's possible but i i don't think it's probable and i could be wrong i'm, I'm almost always wrong when i make predictions well i want to also point out just for the record that Dr. Grego from Pinellas County, who used to work in Hillsborough and once wanted the Hillsborough job, has pretty much made it clear that he's not interested in this job. And and Kurt Browning, who's the superintendent in Pasco, who you mentioned, has also made it perfectly clear that he's running for re-election in Pasco County and not looking at anything in Hillsborough County. Yeah, but, but so did Harrison Peters. I asked Harrison Peters right after the first workshop on superintendent or, or now it was even before that it was when Jeff Akins announced his retirement and I said are you interested in the job and he said absolutely not okay and my nickname for him since then has been Mr. Absolutely Not you know and here's his resume so 
you know, it's not over until it's over. And, and, and the other thing, and you and I both know this, especially in a state with, with a sunshine law like Florida, people who have a good job, they do not put their name in unless it's a sure thing. And so, and, and so that's why these searches sometimes are a little bit of a farce. And people who like Addison Davis and a lot of people like him, you know, one point that was made to me yesterday is it takes a lot of courage for him to apply. E- even though he is literally campaigning for reelection, he still put his name in and, and that took guts. So most people are not going to apply. I mean, you look at what happened to Wayne Alexander 11 years ago in Hernando County. He applied for a job in New England, and it turns out that by one report I read, he had to apply for that job as as part of a custody agreement with his kids. He had to apply, you know, try and get a job where they lived. And then that all blew up back in, in Hernando County. So... Uh, the fact that, that somebody has said absolutely not, maybe they're being completely truthful or maybe they're just being very careful. Very good point. I can't argue with that, unfortunately. I mean, we see the legislature trying to create new laws regarding like university presidential searches for that very reason. They feel like the best candidates don't necessarily apply because they're afraid to because their name is out there as soon as they apply. So, you know, that's point well taken. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise. I caught you. I caught you. I caught you with nothing to say. Wow. Wow. No, I I do have two things to say, and I'm going to put my two cents in. There's been a lot of talk about what type of person they want in the superintendent. And, you know, Jeff Aikens, very well liked, very well respected. I think the one thing that can be said negative about him is coming from inside the system he seemed to be loyal to to people around him, and and so he did not clean house. So that's the one you know knock that you always hear on Jeff Akins, and it's it's also the reason why some board members have told me I absolutely will not hire another insider. But the the characteristics that you hear are: we want somebody who's a decision maker, we want somebody who's a good communicator. We want somebody who exudes integrity. We want somebody who the community will respect. And, and those are all, I guess, soft skills. But I, I, what I hope they will keep in mind are two very pressing issues in the district or buckets of issues. Again, one being equity. The fact that we have communities in Hillsborough County, large communities in Hillsborough County, with severe poverty, zero economic mobility, and multiple generations of people with a low level of education. And, that, and that's a cycle that we, we always hope that the public schools will break that cycle. It's been very difficult to break. You mentioned Tricia McManus. She's been doing some excellent work with this Achievement Schools initiative. I have been in schools that used to be terrible schools and are now much, much better. And I've walked around in them and I can, I can say she is beginning to get results. But she's leaving, and so you really don't know what will happen after June. So I, I think econo- I think equity, especially for the African American community, that needs to be first and foremost. We need somebody who's all over that. The other issue: charter schools. The, 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 this district is continuing to lose thousands and thousands of students to charter schools, 
And that is affecting the middle class neighborhoods, not so much the richest neighborhoods in South Tampa. You, you don't see them going to, to charter schools. But my neighborhood, yes, I, I mean, it is an exodus. And, and if I were doing the interviews, I would ask the candidate point blank, where do you stand on charter schools? How friendly do you have to be to charter schools? You know, the state law says it's pretty hard to turn down a charter school application. But do you have to go to the ribbon cutting? Do you have to cut the ribbon for them when they come in and they take our students and they take our funding? I, I think that's a crucial issue. So those two issues, in my humble opinion, need to be talked about in the candidate interviews in January. Maybe they'll let you ask all the questions. You sound like you got it, you got it wrapped up there. <laughs> Yeah, no way. I, they, they're going to ban me from, you know, it'll be another place I get thrown out of. But but seriously, I, I hope that, that there are discussions, and, and I think there will be. I mean, this is a good school board, and, and, and they know what's going on, and they see what's going on. So I think we need to stop there, because you said the words that I have not heard about Hillsborough County in a long time. This is a good school board. And so I'm just going to, like, you know, call it a wrap on that. I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Merry Christmas, school board. You're welcome. And and Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody listening. This is our last podcast for the year because the holidays are coming up and everything goes into cold storage. So enjoy the rest of 2019. Have a happy 2020 and we'll be back real soon. And thank you, Marlene. Thank you, Jeff. That's the end of our conversation and the end of our podcast. If you'd like to share your thoughts on today's topic, please go to our Facebook page, Tampa Bay Times Gradebook, and add your comments to the post of the podcast. To keep up with the latest in Florida education news, please visit our blog, www.tampabay.com gradebook. Have comments, questions, or concerns about this podcast? Want to hear about something specific? Send an email to me at jsolacek at tampabay.com. Or add a review to the site where you get your podcasts, including Google, Apple, and Stitcher. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek. Thanks so much for listening.